Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who has to be to blame for my new addiction to the game Among Us. His name is Brandon Siegel. That's a great intro. If, if anyone here who is listening hasn't played the game Among Us, it is seriously one of the most fun games I've ever played. It is such an enjoyable experience. And Trevor, frankly, I'm very happy that you like playing it because we, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get a game going very very soon. But someone else who maybe is a little more hesitant on Among Us, you know, some people call them call him their favorite contributor. I would not say that he's probably close to my least favorite. Would be, of course, my past roommate Ben O'Brien. Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Brandon. Actually, uh, while you were away, Trevor and I were discussing how I believe that you do this intro of how you're you're saying that I'm your least favorite because you're very just self-conscious of you as a person. You have very low self-esteem. And the way that mm. you can build that up is by putting me down. And I get it. It's a bully tactic. I understand. And I'm cool with it. It doesn't bother me. But I just think you should seriously <laughs> consider that um, because I'm a little worried about your self-esteem. You're okay, buddy. Like You can build yourself back up. Don't worry. You don't have to tear me down to build yourself back up, okay? Just remember that. Well, in reality, Ben, if you want me to say something nice, you're you're like my like third or fourth favorite contributor. Not maybe last, but third or fourth. Okay, I, you do a pretty. All good I'm job. asking is like top twenty-five. That's all I'm asking for. You, you definitely make the top twenty-five. Hundred right, percent. Cool. That's all I 100%. need. You do a good job. But we have a very fun episode planned today. I'm very excited to get to it. So let's just get right to it. Uh, first up, we have the Big Ten and Mac. Uh, both are restarting. The Big Ten a little bit older news. The Mac definitely newer news. This got voted on this week, I believe. Um, but, you know, the last two episodes have been a little bit more unconventional. Uh, we had an amazing guest last week, Avery Van Reef. Highly recommend checking that out if you're hearing my voice. Listen to this episode and go back and listen to that one because he talks all about these amazing things like guarding Greg o- Odin in practice, uh, which is really, really neat. So go listen to that after this one, of course. But we did get the Mac saying they're going to restart, which I really did not think would happen at all. Um, the Big Ten is restarting, which I think we all kind of collectively knew would happen. But, Trevor, let's hear some of your thoughts on uh, these two conferences starting back up. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people are excited, and for good reason. You know, people love their college football, so it's good to see that um, they're getting a schedule. The MAC is doing a six-game schedule, which is obviously much shorter than normal. Um, But regardless, I'm sure, you know, it's definitely better than nothing. It seemed like originally that they were going to aim for, like, spring football, but now they are now turning around. It seems like uh, it could have been in reaction to kind of the Big Ten deciding to go for it and some of these other conferences – Although, obviously, the MAC we know is a smaller conference. Um, but, you know, regardless, you know, it's good to see that they got it to work out. Hopefully, they have been. I haven't read a ton about, like, their safety policies, the things they have in place, but hopefully, um, they have some good things in place because we have seen some instances where other teams, like, like Auburn and LSU, they've had some, you know, uh, you know, players that have gotten the virus recently, so that's not good. But hopefully, the MAC is um, taking the necessary steps to make ensure that, that doesn't happen, so that they can, you know, play the six-game schedule out and you know, uh, just have a good season where you know, you know, obviously, Maction as it's known, fans get to see their teams play. Yeah, I was actually all for the the MAC starting up in the spring uh, because then they'd be like the only football on. And it would be much more attended to. I think people would really want to watch it, uh, even more than already want to watch it, which I wouldn't say is the biggest amount. Uh, ben, your thoughts on the Mac starting up? Because it really wasn't looking good at a point. I'm so excited. And like Trevor said, I'm so excited because uh, for roughly the first month of the season, they're only going to be playing on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, which is awesome. I love Maction. Um, I think it gives a really good platform for these schools that usually don't get a whole lot of national attention to be on. Um, be on national television. People are able to see, um, not their fans this year, but able to see their stadiums, their facilities. It's a good re- recruiting tactic, and I'm, I'm very glad. I'm very happy that the MAC is playing something. It's only mm-hmm. six games, um, but it's better than nothing, obviously. 
as Bowling Green fans, we're very happy to see our Falcons take the field. Um, yeah, and like I said, it's awesome. I'm glad that they get the chance to be on national television this year because that's always one of the biggest things for the Mac is being able to showcase uh, their talent, their facilities, um, their fans on national television. So I'm, I'm extremely happy. I'm awesome that they are able to get it done this year. Yeah, 100%. You know, it'll be fun to at least get a couple games out of the Mac, and hopefully our Falcons can can win more, uh, win more than lose more. You know, it's not been much recent success for us, but we hope for the best. Uh, next up here, Billy Donovan. Uh, the Thunder did not re-sign him uh, to a new contract, and he is going to be the new coach of the Chicago Bulls. Um, so, Trevor, I want to head over to you. Um, what do you What do you think about this hire? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, first of all, you had the Thunder who got rid of Billy Donovan, and I know it seemed like a decent amount of people were kind of surprised by this, um, you know, by this firing Donovan. He had a about 61% win percentage in five seasons with the Thunder, so that's pretty good. Obviously, he had a lot of talent on the roster, but was never really able to get um, super far. I, I mean, they did have the one conference finals appearance um, when Kevin Durant was still there, when they lost from 3-1. They were up 3-1, and then the Warriors came back and beat them. And then since then, mm-hmm. they haven't got to the conference finals. Uh, they had a season with Russ and Paul George last season that was very disappointing, uh, ending to that playoffs. And then this season, I actually thought, you know, you started to see some hope with the Thunder because Chris Paul, you know, he was kind of me- mentoring Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a young player who I really like watching. And it seemed like... Uh, he could potentially set him up for the next couple years um, where they could potentially uh, develop into a really good team if they got, you know, uh, another star or two um, once kind of Chris Paul um, was was closing near retirement. But that didn't happen. They decided that they were going to go another direction. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Billy Donovan at times has been really solid, but at other times it's, you know, it's been a little questionable. So I'm not really sure if this was the right move from the Thunder. But I think for the Bulls, I think Billy Donovan is definitely an improvement over uh, their previous coach. Obviously, he has had success with the Thunder. Um, the 61 per- win percentage is nothing to really laugh at. You know, it's pretty good still, even with the talent. And obviously, he had a lot of success in his college career when he was coaching at Florida. Mm-hmm. So I like it for the Bulls overall, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Brendan. Yeah, I think it's a good hire. I actually really like Billy Donovan a lot. Uh, I-, I think the one year he had Durant... You know, that team was very good. But besides that, I, I don't think he's had great teams. I, I've never liked Russell Westbrook. I, I, I've always thought he's very overrated. And I, I, I don't think he's a great leader. And I'm excited to see what Billy Donovan does with a lot of the young players on the Bulls. And I, I think it'll be an exciting time. It's going to be a slow build, and they got to kind of buy into the system, the Bulls' uh, front office and the players. But I, I think they can get it done. I'm not saying they, they need a big piece to, to win, but I think they will be successful. And I, I enjoy the hire. I think Billy Donovan's a great coach. Ben, wrap us up on this subject. What are your thoughts on Billy Donovan being hired? I love Billy Donovan. There's a couple reasons why I love Billy Donovan. One, I just think he's a really good coach. Um, and a lot of times you, you don't see a great transition from a successful college head coach to the NBA. It, it's happened, but a lot of times they have trouble. Um, and he and obviously he went to a pretty good team. He had two superstars on his team in, in Oklahoma City in the early years. But a lot of times you just don't see a successful transition. I mean, the most recent example I can think of, Brandon, is John Beeline. He, he just he, he didn't like the NBA. Yeah. He didn't fit in in the NBA, and obviously he was in a rough situation in Cleveland. Um, but Billy Donovan, he, he's, he fit in the NBA really well. He's, he's, a, he's essentially, a, um, at least to me now, he's, no, like he's a very stereotypical NBA coach. I think his systems works very well in the NBA. Players love him. Um, I, I, when he parted ways with the Thunder, I, I actually I didn't mind that because I think he understands the Thunder. They don't have a whole lot going for him. They have Chris Paul, and really Chris Paul is the reason why they were competitive in that series with Houston. 
And other than that, they really don't have that great of talent on that team. So I actually I, I understand why he kind of parted ways with the Thunder. And, I mean, the Bulls is a great organization. They have a good front office. Um, they typically know what they're doing. Recently, they haven't been very good, but I, I do think that they're a competent organization. I think Billy Donovan will be just fine um, in the Bulls. I think he's a fantastic NBA coach. I think he totally belongs in the NBA. I think he's right where he belongs um, in, in the best basketball league in the world. 100%. I completely agree with you, Ben. Um, but, you know, it, it's, that was kind of it for Small Talk today. Not quite enough happening in sports. So we'll get into Small Talk trivia, which we haven't been in in, what, three weeks or something, Trevor? Yeah. Um, so it, it's been quite a while. What's the scoreboard right now? So the score is... I forget who's winning. <laughs> uh, you are currently winning. The score is 33 to oh, 31. Very nice. Okay, why don't you start off today, Trevor? All right, so I have an interesting question. Um, the Lakers just won um, four to one in their series over the Nuggets. They're advancing to the finals for the first time since 2010. Yep, let's go now. Uh, they're the teams that they could be facing. It's either going to be the Heat or the Celtics. Now the Lakers have never faced the Heat before in the finals, whereas the Celtics they have faced many times. I believe at least nine or ten times. Um, and also, I want to mention before I uh, pose this question that. You know, the Lakers were originally the Minneapolis Lakers. Then they moved to Los Angeles in 1960. So my question is, since 1960, um, there have been eight teams, eight different franchises uh, since the Lakers moved to Los Angeles that the Lakers have played in the finals. The Celtics, obviously, you know, uh, being one of them. And the Celtics are the team that the Lakers have faced most in uh, finals history. Now, since there are eight teams that the Lakers have faced in the finals since 1960, I want to see if you can name all eight. Now, if you name all eight of the teams, and I'm, I'm already giving you one of them. One of them is Celtics, so really you only have to name seven. But if you get all eight, I'm going to actually give you two points. Now, I think it's going to be very difficult to name eight, all eight, so I'm going to actually give you one point if you can just name five of the teams that the Lakers have faced in the NBA Finals since 1960. Okay, so... So, okay, so... I have essentially seven guesses, and one of them is the Celtics. Okay. Or eight, eight guesses, eight essentially, and one of them is the but Celtics. But the Celtics, yeah. I'm giving you that So one. I have seven guesses from here on out, and I can't... Like, I can't... I can't obviously just keep on guessing, so I just basically have to lay out seven teams... Yeah, so essentially, I, I would recommend if you can go back in history, think about some of the greater Laker teams and think about who, who were they facing in the finals. Yeah. And you so should, I, could, I, think I think you think could I definitely could do... get five, but eight, eight is going to be yeah. tough. So technically, I only have to get four because one of them is the Celtics. Correct. Okay, so there's a couple I know off the bat. I know the Magic is one, correct? The Magic is correct. That's two. Yeah. Um, I know the Pistons... And I know the 76ers, for sure. And, yeah, right? The, those are Pistons, all... I think... Do you want to, sit, oh, you want to submit won. those as well? They didn't win versus the Pistons. Let me take the Pistons back. It, 76ers, it doesn't, I it doesn't matter if they win, as long as they're in the finals with that team. That's all I'm saying. Oh. Yeah. Then, yes, the Pistons and 76ers, we can throw in there. So that's four. Yes, that is four correct. Yeah. Um. I'm pretty sure they played... The Bulls, I, I, I think I'll submit that as my five. Okay, yes, the Bulls one. also correct. You now have at least one point. And there are three left. Okay, I'm trying to think. I would think that they had to have played the Knicks, but I'm not submitting that one quite yet. 
I mean, I, I feel like they essentially had to have played the Knicks. I'll go with the Knicks. That's, that's a submission, the Knicks? Yeah. That is correct. That is six teams. I'll go with the Knicks. Um, trying to think. So there's two more that I'm missing. There are two more, and all six of yours so far have been correct. Oh, God. I, I don't know. Ben, do you know the last two? This seems like a question you would know. I do not, but I believe... Don't, don't, I don't help him. <laughs> I'm not going to help him, but I believe I have two guesses that I feel like are somewhat educated guesses. Okay, I'll let you guess after Brandon does his guesses. Okay. Um, I feel like, like in the 90s and 80s when Bird was there, they had to have played the Pacers. Whether he was coaching or not. Because the, some of those Pacers teams were really good. I, I'll guess the Pacers. That's a guess. You can lock that in, though. Lock it in? Lock in the Pacers? Yeah, we can lock in the Pacers for sure. All right. The Pacers are also correct. That is seven teams. That's amazing. You have that one left. The last one is really going to be a shot in the dark. Um, she said it's it's not the heat. Um, I don't think it's been the Cavs. Um, I mean, I don't have like a lot of options I can guess here. I'm trying to think of other teams that are in the East. I mean, you definitely have, like... Oh, my God. I literally don't know. I'm trying not to look up the teams. I'm trying just to do it off the off the dome. I don't know. I don't know. One more guess. I, I don't even know if I have another guess. Um, I mean, it could be... It could be the, the Nets, potentially. It could be... The Hawks. Oh, it could be the Hawks. I'll, I'll submit my final answer. Oh, I think it's been the Hawks, potentially. I'll submit my final answer as the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks. All right, so the Hawks is not correct. Oh. The eighth one was the Nets. You did say uh, it. Of course. Uh, it was the Nets in, I believe, 2002 um, when they were in their three-peat. Okay. Um, they, had, they played the, the Sixers. The Pacers, well, the Pacers were first, then the Sixers, then the Nets in the 2002 finals. Gotcha. So you were very close. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I, I was thinking, I'll take seven. I did think you were going to get five. I, I really didn't think there was any way you were going to get eight. I was thinking maybe you'd get like five or six, and you got seven, so you ex- you exceed my expectations. So good job. Yeah, well, there's a fairly good chance there because it, it's eight of, well, technically it's seven of 14 teams I, I had a 50 percent chance of getting all of them essentially yeah there were there were so, not a ton yeah. of options yeah okay so to my question i actually got this question from you know ben i'll say you're my favorite contributor if that makes you feel better ben. my favorite contributor all right thank ben you I, I does that make appreciate you feel better yeah no, now i appreciate he's, now it. he's pandering you. now he's pandering yeah okay okay <laughs> so here's my question um, there's been a lot of good players who uh, pass the ball in the NBA, correct? We've had a lot of good passers. Yeah, absolutely. So, who is the assist leader in the playoffs? What player is the assist leader in the playoffs? Meaning total assists or assists per game? Total assists. Total assists in the playoffs. Okay, so most assists of all time in NBA playoff history. All right, so... LeBron is for sure up there. I do know that. Um, he averages about seven or eight assists in the playoffs, and he has now been to 
um, at least like 14 or 15 playoffs. playoffs. So, And he's been in the finals now. This is his 10th time going to the finals. So LeBron is for sure up there. Um, and that also could make sense because LeBron's your favorite player. And if you ask me a question about LeBron, that could make sense. However, it also might be too obvious because, you know, I think it's easier for me to know it's LeBron if, if you're going to ask me it. LeBron would be uh, maybe a little bit of an obvious answer. So there also could be like Magic Johnson, obviously, because he averaged um, probably definitely more than eight. So if LeBron averaged about seven or eight assists in the playoffs, Magic probably averaged 10 or 11 assists in his playoff career. Um, now, obviously, okay. he didn't play in the playoffs as much as LeBron. So that's the thing here. Um, but those are my two top choices. I'm trying to think of anyone else i mean steve nash definitely averaged a lot of assists like 11 or 12 um but the question is does he have enough playoff games under his belt to get there um i think those are three you also like steve nash a lot so that can make sense as well i think those are three great choices i'm just trying to go through and see if there's anyone else that would make sense for this um let's see i mean jason kidd but i don't think he had enough playoff games so i doubt it's him uh, there's really no, I mean, John Stockton as well. John Stockton played in a lot of playoffs, um, averaged a lot of assists, probably around 11, 12, um, you know, never won an NBA finals, but he was there a lot throughout the nineties. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully he wins one this year. What? Who? I said, hopefully he wins one this year. He's on staff of uh, a team that's in the finals. Oh, okay. Um, so you have John Stockton, Magic Johnson, Steve Nash, LeBron James. Um, those are the four options I think I have. I don't think it could be anyone else. Yeah. Okay, so LeBron seems very obvious. So Could be him. My instinct possible. He's he's a player in the NBA. You you could have you could be just giving me this point, um, because you you're you feel bad that you're ahead. But I don't think you would do that though. I I feel like you show no mercy and you just try to win. So I kind of don't think it's LeBron. Magic Johnson, man, Magic Johnson was there so many times. He's won five finals. Mm-hmm. And he's averaged like 11 or 12. Um, it's, been, it's been a great thought process you've had, but do you have an answer? <laughs> yes. So I'm going to go with Magic Johnson. It it could, it could for sure be wrong, but you know what? That's who I'm going, Magic Johnson. So... um. I will say this. I will never just give you an easy question. I, I'm not going to show mercy, so you're not going to get an easy question. Um, I thought you would get this question. So the four players you named that were big, uh, can you name those four again that you thought it could be? LeBron, Magic Johnson, Steve Nash, and John Stockton. So those are one, two, three, and seven. Okay. So I want you to see if if, I, if you can put those four in order. I'll, and I don't want to give you an extra point. But <laughs> so, so Magic's see if you can put right. those four okay. in order. Who is number seven? you think um my instinct is steve nash because i don't think he has as many okay. playoff games okay as others um, that is correct he is number seven on the list can you who is number three you think um well so you're basically saying it's not magic i think <laughs> i don't know I don't know what I'm saying. The way the way you reacted. I'll tell you who it's not. It's not psych- Steve Nash. I just told you Steve Nash is yeah, yeah. seven. Yeah, I'm like psychoanalyzing. Um, my guess is that the assist leader is actually John Stockton. So I think John Stockton's one, LeBron's two, and Magic's three. 
Uh, that is all wrong. Okay. So number three is LeBron James. He's down by 19 to John Stockton, so most likely he will pass it. Oh, so I got to write. Finals. Wait. <laughs> um, and John Stockton is number two, and number one is Magic Johnson. Oh, okay. He has about 500 more assists. Oh, so I got to write. Exact about 450. You you really you really season. made me feel like I was wrong. Well, I'm glad I made you tremble a little bit, but no, <laughs> you were right. You get the point. So what is it now? 34 to 32. Yes, that is correct. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so uh, that's it for Small Talk Trivia today. We're going to go on over to Randomly Ranked. Randomly Ranked is a segment where we take a completely random topic and rank it. It's very self-explanatory. Today, we have to go back to food. You know, we're three guys. We like our food a lot. Today is going to be top three things to throw on the grill, okay? So, you know, we're not going to have strawberries on this list most likely, but we're going to have some pretty good food. So, you know what, Ben? I'm interested to hear your three. I would like you to go first. Yeah, so originally I thought this was going to be a super easy one. I had three right away, and I at the very last second I made some audibles because this was actually harder than I thought because there's a lot of things I like to grill. I like food, and I like putting food on the grill. Very simple. So my number, th- simple men. My number three, um, corn. All right? Simply put, corn on the cob, you put it on the grill, it is absolutely fantastic. My mom a lot of times used to boil it like in a pan, and that's good. It's corn. I still like it. But if you put it on the grill – it is just so much better. So corn on the grill is my number three. Absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. My number two, um, not even that hard of a decision, steak. I mean, steak on the grill, come on. Steak on the grill is absolutely phenomenal. Um, steak is probably the best food on this planet. Um, just, there we go, just Overall, it's probably the best quality best quality meat, best quality food overall on this planet. You put some A1 sauce on that, oh, so delicious. All right, my number one, um, Easily, I think there's probably a decent gap between my number one and my number two. My number one, it's chicken. Grilled chicken, um, absolutely phenomenal. In my opinion, it's better than fried chicken. Um, grilled chicken, Brandon and I used to – we used to bake chicken, which is close to grilling chicken. But grilled chicken in general is so good. You put some uh, buffalo sauce on that. You put some seasoning on it. Absolutely fantastic. So, so corn, steak, and grilled chicken are my, are my top three for food items that you can put on the grill. Quick question. Yes. If, if, you, if steak is your favorite food, right, is that correct? Um, I didn't say it was my favorite food. I said it's probably just the overall best quality food on this planet. Oh, because I was going to say, like, why Why is steak not number one? I, that, no, that was my question. Steak is not my favorite food. My favorite food is probably pizza. But overall, steak is just, I think, the, probably the best quality food on this planet. It's quality meat. Um, it's very, like, if you want to go to a nice restaurant, you can get a nice steak. I just think overall quality-wise, it's probably the best food. Okay, but you mm-hmm. still like the taste of chicken better on the grill yes, than steak. Yes, I agree. Okay. Yes, gotcha. I do. So, Trevor, what's interesting is my number three is steak. And steak is my favorite food out there. But it's not number one on the grill, okay? And you can hear me out here, okay? I love steak, but there's plenty of great ways to make steak. I think there's things that are super, super great on the grill, and that's why they're two in one. So, Ben, actually, I thought we would have two of the three the same. You did not have the number one thing that I have, and I'm very surprised you didn't put it on there. And we'll get there in a minute. My number two is corn. Corn grilled is so good. I mean, just a strong, which corn is great, but it grilled is so wonderful. Just high class tier of uh, grilling things that you can grill. And my number one, which Ben, I'm so astonished you didn't have this, has to be hot dogs. How that wasn't your number one, I'm pretty sure. Hot shocked. dogs? Dude, hot dogs. Um, I do love chicken on the grill. Come on. But just hot dogs are like the OG thing to put on the grill. Hot dogs are good, but they weren't, they wouldn't, like a burger would have been on my list before a hot dog. Dude, come on. Yeah. Mm, I like burgers on the grill a lot too. Do not get me wrong. Burgers can even be an honorable mention on here. But I think hot dogs got to take the cake on this one or take the grill. Trevor, what's your top three? All right, I think hot dogs a little bit of a cold take at number one. I don't definitely don't agree with that. But regardless, uh, number three. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you, you're <laughs> going to have three bad takes up on here, so let's hear them. 
I, I doubt that. But number three, um, in, in true Trevor fashion, I have no vegetables on my list at all. It's all it's all meat. So number three, I'm going with ribs. Uh, ribs, okay. you guys didn't mention it all. Ribs are great on the grill. I definitely prefer to have ribs on the grill versus any other way of cooking them. They're great. Um, and then, you know, you can make different kinds of barbecue sauce or, it, yeah, ribs are great on the grill. That's my number three. Uh, number two, I went with burgers. I was a little surprised that neither of you had burgers. Um, but burgers are, they're amazing on the grill. And, um, you know, it's just like, we, we were talking about burger toppings before as a potential potential topic. We didn't end up going with that, but like, um, yeah, burgers are just so great and you can, um, they're best on the grill. You can put a lot of different topics on them, toppings on mm -hmm. them. So yeah, that's my number two. Number one, it has to be chicken. Like I love chicken no matter how you cook it, but on the grill, it's the best. So true. chicken's got to be my number one, especially like while on the grill and then you can like spread some like hot sauce on it after you season it. It's chicken has got to be number one here you know i don't hate any of those takes actually i'm not a huge ribs guy but i love chicken on the, the grill chicken is so so good so you know i i can't hate the take from either one of you but let's get into our main topics for today um trevor we're gonna start off with the nba so i'll let you kind of you know lead us off here yes so first off um i'm gonna start off with the lakers Nuggets series because we just saw the conclusion of it last night the lakers won uh, the game five, so they take out the win four to one in the series over the Denver Nuggets. Now, I originally thought the Lakers would win it in six, but after watching the first two games, I thought it could have been a sweep because the Nuggets really did not impress me in the first two games. Now, you got to give the Lakers credit. Obviously, they played very well. Um, it seems like they've started to come into form, um, you know, and especially like a few of these games we saw last night. They played a pretty complete game. Um, and then in the first two games, they also played very well. We saw um, them get a, like, a, I believe in game one, they got a 12-point win when they looked very good. It was it was more of a blowout than that final score showed. But Davis has been phenomenal. LeBron's been very good. I mean, we, we got to talk about, like, the fact that LeBron, at age 30, 35, correct? 35? I believe so. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. He's and turning so, 36 in December. Yes. So LeBron, at age 35... This was his stat line last night. Okay, he played 40 yeah, minutes. Insane. He he had 38 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, only two turnovers. He shot 15 of 25, which is well above 50%. He was 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Um, and, you know, it, it's just insane uh, to do that at age 35. He was phenomenal. Um, just, you know, watching the highlights back, you know, I think at least like 18 to 20 were in the paint. So a lot of straight line drives or off of pick and rolls where he's driving. There was like a, a spin move. And then he also had uh, a few plays where he kind of goes from right to the left. And he uh, has like this tough bank shot. I think it was over Jeremy Grant. So just and then at the end of the game, we saw him start outside shooting. He hit like a tough uh, step back jumper. He then hit that three when uh, the defense laid off on him a little bit uh, to really close the game uh, to make it 115 to 103, I think, at that point, which really was the dagger uh, for the Nuggets. And he was just amazing in this game. And I think really this ends any debate that there was about who the best player in the NBA currently is. Um, you know, Max Kellerman, whoever's out there, it's not Kawhi. Stop saying it's Kawhi. LeBron James is the best player in the NBA, and he proved that last night. Yeah, this is a bad take for Max Kellerman for sure. Um, big shout out to Alex Caruso, plus 16, the plus minus. He had the highest plus minus 
uh, played 26 minutes. I actually really like Caruso a lot. His defensive ability is really, really, really key for this team, especially with Avery Bradley out. He can kind of uh, guard that uh, the the front, or excuse me, the uh, backcourt guard um, the opposing team has, which is super, super important. Ben, any uh, last thoughts on this Lakers series as they close it out? Yeah, I mean, like I said last week, I think it was pretty clear that at least after Game One, the Lakers were the better team in the series. Um, after the Nuggets won Game Two, I think it was I was a little worried, but then. Um, even Game 3, I was a little worried, but AD ended up hitting that buzzer beater in Game 3. Um, I, overall, I'm not surprised. I figured it'd be... I, I think I was with Trevor. I think I said 6 games. I might have said 5, but I, I didn't think it would go 7. I figured the Lakers would take care of it fairly early. Um, I mean, the Lakers looked like the overall team, and like I said, I mean, the Lakers just have two players, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, that the Nuggets just... They couldn't match. You can't match the... I mean, I, I have a hard time finding a lot of teams that could probably match what Anthony Davis and LeBron James can do, both offensively 100%. and defensively. So, I mean, I'd simply put that was just probably the difference in this series. The, the Nuggets just didn't have people. Um, like I said, they, they, I mean, they have Jamal Murray and Jokic, but, and they're good, but they're, not, they're just not on the same level as AD and LeBron. So, I really, I mean, that was the difference in this game. I'm not surprised. Um, I'm very happy that LeBron's in his, his what, 10th NBA Finals. So, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch whoever they play. I think it's going to be a, a good matchup. So, I'm very happy with this outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the last thing I wanted to add is just I got to give a shout out to Jamal Murray. I mean, Jokic played well, too. Um, He did what we expected. But Jamal Murray really now has had two straight years where he's been phenomenal in the playoffs. And even though his regular season numbers aren't necessarily the best, I think Jamal Murray has proved that he's, you know, a top 20 to 25 player in the NBA because he really steps up on the biggest stage. He averaged about 26 points in the playoffs on like I think his splits were like 50 uh, 45 and 89 or something, um, like 45% from three, 50 from two, and 89 from the free throw line. So that's insane, almost a 50-45-90 playoffs. Um, but moving on to the next series, we got the Celtics and Heat. I was hoping uh, to come into this podcast and we could completely just preview the Lakers-Heat finals. Unfortunately, the Lakers or the Heat could not close out in Game 5 on Friday night. Um, they've been in control of the series, really closing out um, some really good games in games one, two, and then four. However, the Celtics looked very good in the second half of game five. I watched uh, the whole game and I was, you know, really just um, trying to keep an eye on like seeing how we were guarding their wings. Obviously, the Celtics, they have um, a, a few really talented wings Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and then also, you know, uh, Kemba Walker um, as like, you know, a top guard who always, you know, plays best and I think the biggest moments but the Celtics really they out of the gate they didn't have a great start um in the first half they were down 58 to 51 but in the third quarter they really just came out firing I mean Jason Tatum was getting whatever he wanted to uh like like turnaround jumpers you know step in stepping stepping into threes off the dribble driving to the basket Kemba Walker he was um doing pick and roll with Tice and the Heat do this drop coverage where the big doesn't step up. They they drop back because they don't want to risk you know the blow by to the hoop. And Kemba Walker was taking advantage of that of that big time. Hit a couple threes, um, and he picked up his fourth foul. And if that didn't happen, I think the Celtics would have completely blown out the Heat in the second half. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, they did have a chance in the fourth quarter because Kemba picked up his fourth foul. He was on the bench for a little bit. But the Heat just didn't have enough uh, Friday night. Um, I think defensively, they really got a little lazy in the second half. 
you know, uh, just some of the coverage. I think Tyler Hero, he is a rookie, but there were a couple times where he, like, bit on a pump fake, and uh, I saw Kelly Olenek, like, completely lose his man. So I, I completely expect the Heat to turn it around tonight. I'm, I'm hoping they do because, obviously, I, I do not want this to go to a Game 7 um, because, you know, anything can happen in a Game 7. And in addition, I would like for the Heat to have three days of rest versus two days of rest if it were to go to Game 7. So I'm hoping for the best tonight. Hopefully the Heat can close it out. Yeah, I, I hope so too, actually. I really do want to see a Heat-Lakers series. I just think the Heat are the better team out of the two. Obviously, if the Celtics win, you know, great for them. They're probably coming out the better team then. Um, but the Heat have played such a great uh, playoffs um, and, you know, games in the bubble that I think I'd really like to see them in there. I mean, they shot under 20% from three. It really was not their best performance. And I, I actually do believe that they will close it out um, uh, tonight. I think it's tonight. Yeah. Uh, Sunday. We're mm-hmm. recording on Sunday, so it's tonight. Um, ben, uh, last couple thoughts on the Heat-Celtics series. Yeah, so like I said last week, either way, whoever wins this series, I don't have rooting interest for either team, so it doesn't matter to me a whole lot. Um, I think it'll be an awesome matchup for the Lakers either way. Like I said, you have storylines either way. You have LeBron versus his old team, the Heat, or you have Lakers-Celtics, which is just a historic um, rivalry in these NBA finals. So either way, it's an awesome matchup. It'll be good TV. Um, that being said, I, I still think, and I, I'm not trying to jinx them by anyway, knock on wood, I still think the Heat are going to win this series. Um, just because I think they've been overall the better team in the in these playoffs compared to the Celtics, and the Celtics are still a good team, but I just think overall the Heat are the better team in this series. I I actually probably expect them to win tonight. I don't see this going to a game seven, so I I do think the Heat will take care of things. Um, and like I said, both these teams they have awesome head coaches. The coach the head coaching matchup in this series is phenomenal. I mean, Eric Spoelstra is amazing, and Brad Stevens, like we've talked about, is probably um, the best young coach in the NBA. So either way, I think the Lakers will have their work cut out for them because I think either way, the Lakers are probably going to face their toughest head coach and their toughest uh, like strategic opponent. So I'm super excited. Um, just looking at the box score from their, their game five that they just played on Friday, um, I mean, the, the Heat, they shot 19% from three. You're, you're not going to win an NBA game if you're shooting under 20% from three. Um, so it's just not going to happen. So I, the Heat, and then also they, they got out-rebounded by 12 rebounds. I mean, simply put, you got to get more rebounds and you got to make more shots. So yeah. I, I I expect the Heat to play better, uh, based on what I've seen from them in these NBA playoffs. Um, they can shoot the ball fairly well, so I expect them um, to probably shoot a lot better tonight. I expect them to win tonight, um, take take care of the Celtics in six games, and then we'll have a uh, a Heat Lakers NBA Finals matchup, which I would be super excited for. Yes, of course, Trevor. Any last thoughts before we get on over to the NFL? No, I'm glad uh, Ben pointed out the rebounding and three-point shooting because that was big. You know, I kept, like, was like, yeah. we need to get more rebounds, and it just wasn't, you know, we weren't playing well. So I hope it turns around. Honestly, I was hoping that one of you said that you thought the Celtics was going to win because I'm, I'm worried. Um, and also, I, I wore a Heat jersey on Friday night. I'm not going to do that tonight because I'm a little superstitious. So <laughs> There we'll you see. go, Trevor. <laughs> That's bad juju. Got to get the juju on the right side. But let's let's go on over to the NFL. Uh, get our takeaways from the the past week, and I actually can start off. I have a couple uh, myself to talk about. Uh, number one, if we just look at point differential, the Baltimore Ravens are uh, astonishingly ahead of every team. They're third in points for and number one in points against, with almost a plus fifty differential, sitting at two and zero. Very big matchup coming up, which we'll talk about in a little bit on Monday night. So I'm excited to see them play. The Browns have the fifth worst plus minus differential at minus 27 or 1 and 1. The other teams that are below them are all 0 and 2. I think that probably says some stuff about them. Uh, another big takeaway if we look at the NFC West, every team is 2 and 0 except the Niners, who are 1 and 0, and they are the only conference with all above 
uh, a zero and plus minus differential, so they're all in the plus. Uh, this conference, the NFC West, is ridiculous. I'm super excited to see how it pans out. I think they have four really good teams in this conference, and honestly, besides maybe the Packers, I think they could probably beat every other team in their uh, individual conference, um, which is really interesting. They have more 2-0 teams than the entire rest of the NFC uh, just in this one conference, so very, very good conference. And my last really big takeaway from the first two weeks of the NFL is the Green Bay Packers. The Packers, to me, look pretty good. Their defense isn't great, but they have the most points for. Um, it seems like Aaron Rodgers might be going back to 2016 or 17 whenever he was you know, really, really great, um, or maybe earlier. I don't even remember what year it was. Um, but I don't know. I kind of like the Packers, and I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Uh, Trevor, what are some of your takeaways um, from the NFL's first two weeks? So I wanted to bring up the NFC West, too, cause, but, um, but you already kind of made all the points, so I'm just going to add to it real quickly. And in addition, the 49ers are the only team that's not 2-0, but their loss was to the Cardinals, who were in their division. So all three of these, all four of these teams actually could make the playoffs. I mean, we have one extra playoff team this year. I wouldn't be super surprised if all four teams in that division actually made the playoffs, but we will see about that. Um, we also have an interesting um, matchup between, well, actually it's not that interesting, but I don't know. I guess I wanted to point out we have uh, probably the worst 2-0 and team in the NFL, the Bears, playing probably the best 0-2 team, the Falcons. I fully expect the Falcons uh, to win that. Um, but, I mean, that's about it. Other than that, um, we're going to get into our three predictions. Where I'll have more to say there. Of course, Ben, any any little takeaways before we get into our predictions? Yeah, I mean, I think I talked about this last week. I, I predicted the, the Vikings to win the NFC North, and they're 0-2. And I get it. They've played two fairly good teams. They've played the Packers. Um, they lost by a lot. They played the Colts. They lost by a, a good amount. And the Colts are not a terrible team by any means. They're a pretty good team. Uh, this week they play the Titans, too, which is another uh, pretty decent team. So um, the Vikings have a, a rough first three games, but I had a lot of, I had a lot of stock in the Vikings. I picked them to win. Their division, and they just—I mean, they're, they're, there's a good chance they start out 0 and 3, and I—I I don't know yeah. how likely it is that you can win the division, especially when you got somebody like the Packers in your division. If you're starting out 0 and 3, it's going to be tough for you to win the division. Um, so that, that's a big takeaway. Another, I have one more takeaway, and I haven't watched a second of this team play, um, and it kills me to say this, but I actually think the Steelers are a pretty good team. Um, I had again, Ooh. I haven't watched them play, and from what I've heard, it seems like Ben Roethlisberger has looked pretty good, and their defense, as always, is usually a pretty good defense. By no means do I think they're the best team in, in the AFC North. I still think it's the Ravens. I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. But I still, okay. from what I've heard, I think the Steelers are a pretty good team. And I, I do think um, that they can give the Ravens some sort of competition. I'm excited to watch whatever they play. I'm excited to watch mm -hmm. that game because I do think the Steelers are, are still a pretty good team. 100%. So let's get into just predicting a couple big games this week. First up, we have Cowboys-Seahawks. Trevor, I'm going to throw it to you first. What is your prediction for this game? Yeah, so by the time that you are listening, you may already know the result of this um, score, especially if you're listening on Monday, you will know. Um, but the Seahawks look awesome. I mean, Russell Wilson, he's on track. Right now, I would say he's got to be the MVP, uh, even though it's two games in. But he's he's been phenomenal. The Seahawks' offense is just so good. Um, you know, DK Madcalf has been really good for Seattle as well. Um, the Cowboys, they did come back and win against the Falcons, but I'm a little... I don't know, I'm a little skeptical. I expected them to start off a little bit better than they have. So I do have the Seahawks winning this one, but um, I wouldn't be too surprised if the Cowboys pulled off because they do have a good offense. Um, but I think the Seahawks are the better team right now. Yeah, I like the Seahawks a lot. I, I could see them winning by 7 to even 10 points, um, but I think it will be slightly closer than we think. The Cowboys are not a bad team. I think people sleep on the Cowboys a lot. I like Dak. I like Zeke. I like Amari Cooper. Uh, I think this will be a really great game, and I, you know, I hope I can catch a little bit of it. Ben? 
Uh, this game is actually pretty easy for me to pick. It's going to be the Seahawks because the Cowboys already have one win, and we all know that they're only going to get eight wins this season because they're going to go eight and eight. So I just can't see one of their seven <laughs> remaining wins this season be against the Seahawks, who are one of the best teams in the NFL. They have, like Trevor said, probably or at least one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So the Seahawks are winning this game, and I, I could put a lot of money on that. I, I really do think the Seahawks will win this game. All right, next up, uh, Ben, I'll actually start with you for this one. We have the Packers versus Saints tonight. Yeah, so this is a very interesting matchup um, because, like we've talked about many times, I like the Saints. Really, nobody, There's really no reason to hate the Saints unless you're a fan of one of their teams in their division. Um, but I love the Saints. I, I like to see them succeed. I have Michael Thomas on my fantasy team, which is unfortunate for right now because he's not playing. So with that being said, I actually think the Packers are going to win this game. Uh, we've already talked about how good the Packers have looked. Brandon, you mentioned before we started recording how the Packers have scored the most points in the NFL this season so far through two games. Um, and with Michael Thomas out, the Saints, they still have a lot of weapons. They still have a great quarterback in Drew Brees, but the Packers also have a lot of weapons, and they also have a great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. So I actually think the Packers are going to win this game on the road in New Orleans. Yeah, I think the Packers are going to kill them. I think it'll be a, a slaughter there. Uh, big win for the Packers, I say at least 17 points. I just think the Packers are head and shoulders better than the Saints. The Saints did not look impressive uh, against the Raiders at all. I know the game was away, um, but still, just I don't know. I, I'm not quite as high on the Saints this year, um, but you know we'll, we'll have to see. Trevor? Yeah, so it's really tough to say because Drew Brees, obviously, like Tom Brady, he's getting older as well, and he has not necessarily looked like himself in the first two games, um, especially against the Raiders on Monday night. He did not look great. Um, but how, now I, before I say, I, I definitely expect the Packers to win this. However, I think we're going to see like, you know, tomorrow morning, we're going to see on ESPN, people talking about what's wrong with the saints. Are they going to not make the playoffs? And I still think they're going to end up being a really good team. I still think they're definitely going to make the playoffs, but, but I just see that storyline already. The one and two saints, they're not looking yeah. good. I think even though they're going to lose the Packers, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it will be close. I think the Packers are playing better, and Aaron Rodgers is playing very well right now. I think the Packers will win it, but I think uh, moving forward, this doesn't mean that the Saints are a bad team, so I know that's going to be the story, but I just wanted to point that out because the Saints are still going to recover uh, going forward, even though they're going to lose, I think, tonight. All right, last up, we got the Monday night game. I'm probably never been more excited for an NFL regular season game in my life. Uh, I'm very, very pumped for this game. We have Chiefs. Um, at Ravens. The line is three and a half towards the Ravens. Uh, Trevor, start us off. What do you think about this game? All right. So, um, you know, the Ravens are truly the best regular season team in the NFL, just like they were last year. I think that's fully the case. And I, and I emphasize regular season on purpose. Um, I fully expect the Ravens to beat the Chiefs. Um, I, I It could be a little bit of a shootout, potentially. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. The Chiefs didn't look the greatest last week against the Chargers. So um, I'm a little hesitant. I think they'll turn it around because um, they now have uh, Patrick Mahomes. He, he's now won a Super Bowl. They have some decent, a decent amount of playoff experience now. Andy Reid, he's had a decent amount of player experience as well. So I think, again, like I don't think it really means as much for the Chiefs. I think this probably means more for the Ravens to win, and I think they will win. I think they'll look very good tonight. I expect them to win, you know, by – uh, you know, 10 to 14 points. I think they could potentially win it um, by by eh, not not a like a sizable margin, but I think they'll definitely come out looking like the better team. And everyone will say, you know, coming out on Tuesday morning that the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Ben, this is an extremely interesting matchup. 
Um, I think this definitely has the potential, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is looked back on as the game of the year. Um, looked back on as very likely the AFC Championship game. Um, so this is an awesome matchup. I'm definitely going to have to tune in to watch this game, and obviously I don't care about either teams. Actually, I strongly dislike both teams. Um, but I, I do think it is a – I think it's an awesome matchup. Like I just said, though, I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. Um, I do think the Ravens will win this game. Um, I think the defense – obviously, both defensive – defenses have their work cut out for them because both these offenses are extremely high powered um so i kind of agree with trevor i actually do think it's going to be somewhat of a higher scoring game however i do think the ravens will win um i actually think they'll win by anywhere between seven and ten points probably so i i'm not going to give a point amount here because it just makes me nervous okay this whole game is nervous i hate predicting about the ravens it's just not what i like <laughs> to do but i am going to speak in existence that they are going to win because i want them to win so I'm, I'm putting the energy out into the world. The Ravens team as a whole improved so much, I think, from the last time they played the Chiefs, um, where I, I think they have a very solid chance of winning this game. I think the line is very accurate in three and a half. I, I see it being three to seven points. It's going to be close. I think it'll be very high scoring, and I'm very excited to watch. But I think that's where we will kind of end for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, please go follow our podcast network. It's at the Small Baller on Twitter. The link is in the description. Um, we really would appreciate that so you can see when all four of our podcasts go live uh, a lot of great stuff a lot of great content we have coming out every single week um, so at least three podcasts are coming out every single week so go check those out um, subscribe to our podcast of course the small world podcast on whatever platform you're listening we really appreciate it give us a five-star review um, all of that we love all the love um, shown on the podcast um, with that being said thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time go falcons